You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week in your daily Star Trek news. Today is Saturday, October 16th, 2021. Coming up on the show today, William Shatner gets a little bit emotional on his return from outer, well, inner space. <laughs> Robert Beltran confirms his role in Star Trek Prodigy. Anson Mount announces a wrap on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Plus, Star Trek Online has launched a new Halloween event, and we talked to Ian Spelling about this, uh, the new book, Star Trek A Celebration. My name is Allison Pitt, and today's show is supported by people like you through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Now, just a reminder, if you're listening to me on the podcast today, you are welcome to join us on the live stream every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. That's at youtube.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Also, uh, make sure to stick around after the news today. I'm doing a Star Trek show and tell and also the results of today's poll. Uh, now, the today's poll, of course, because we're keeping with a, a, a Shatner in space theme, if you were offered it, would you go to space on Blue Origin? It's a simple yes or no question. If Jeff Bezos came to you and said, we're going to send you to space, would you like to go? Uh, would you say yes or no? Uh, I have my opinions, and we can, uh, we'll find out all about that and, and how you guys feel um, at the end of the show. Uh, the, the poll is running simultaneously on Twitter as well, so you can go and check that out and see what people on Twitter are saying too. All right, now before we get into the news today, I just want to tell you about another member of our Star Trek family that we sadly lost this week. Uh, you might have heard about it on our website or on our social media. Uh, stuntman Bob Heron, um, who played the original Kalos the Unforgettable in Savage Curtain. He was also a stunt performer for a few Star Trek episodes um, and all over Hollywood. In fact, he was a founding member of the Stuntman's Association. Uh, he passed away uh, uh, last Sunday, October 10th. Uh, he was 97 years old. Uh, he passed away from complications from a fall. Uh, but at 97 years old, he had a, a really rich and wonderful life. So uh, join us in sending condolences to his family. Uh, go and check out some of his work if you have a chance. All right, so let's get started. And really, the big story of this week was William Shatner and his trip to <laughs> not quite outer space, but uh, technically, depending on who you ask, uh, William Shatner did go into space. Uh, it happened on Wednesday. It was originally scheduled for Tuesday, and then they rescheduled it because of uh, forecasted high winds. Uh, but in the end, uh, Wednesday morning, bright and early, I think they went up at 9.49 a.m. Central Daylight Time, they launched on NS-18 from Blue Origin. They went uh, 350,000 feet above Earth, uh, just above what's called the Kármán line. Uh, it's kind of, it's an arbitrary dividing line between uh, Earth and space. Uh, and they were up there for, well, they were in flight for about 10 minutes. They were uh, weightless for a little while, uh, and then they touched down at uh, just before 10 a.m. Central Time. Now, if you happen to watch this, you can watch it all back on Blue Origin's YouTube channel. I would highly recommend that you do so. You know, I was pretty skeptical. You know, uh, some of these things are getting a bit blasé. I mean, the, the, there's launches happening on a regular basis now, it feels like. Um, but it was still a pretty emotional experience. The entire live stream is a couple hours long, um, and of course the launch itself is very short. 
You can also see some footage from inside the crew capsule. Uh, that's on Blue Origins. Um, it's probably on their website now. Uh, earlier this week, it was only on their social media with some um, pretty uh, emotional pictures of William Shatner and the rest of the crew um, and their point of view from inside the crew capsule and watching, um, as he said, the, uh, the blue of the sky sort of drop uh, away beneath them and looking out the windows. It was uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, so when he landed, <laughs> the the interview that uh, William Shatner did with Jeff Bezos was uh, very interesting. And I, so uh, William Shatner, if you've ever seen him in person, is somebody who uh, has an, an a really interesting, innate ability to command a crowd. And uh, watching him and Jeff Bezos speak, and of course, Bezos is often the one, you know, commanding a crowd. It was kind of interesting. Um, there was much champagne popping, uh, much celebration, and uh, William Shatner was visibly emotionally um, impacted by the entire experience. Uh, he said everybody in the world needs to do this uh, to see that blue color kind of uh, whip past you and then you're staring into the black. Uh, and uh, he said to Jeff Bezos, I hope I never recover from this. Uh, so uh, regardless of how you feel about Blue Origin or William Shatner, uh, it's a pretty emotional thing to watch. So I'd recommend that you go and do that. Um, once again, you can watch the entire thing back on Blue Origin's YouTube channel. Uh, and you can also check them out on social media for those pictures from inside the crew capsule as well. Right, so, uh, oh, and I, I forgot to mention, uh, William Shatner now holds the record for the oldest person in space. He's 90 years old. He turned 90 years old earlier this summer. And he just beat the previous record holder who actually only set the record a few months back, which was uh, 82-year-old Wally Funk. She also went up on a Blue Origin mission. Um, and... Uh, I have a feeling that the 90-year-old record is going to be one that stands for a while. So uh, well done to William Shatner, and I'm glad that he's back safe. Right, so moving on from uh, real space into totally fake space. <laughs> um, last week on this show, we talked a little bit about New York Comic Con because it was kind of happening while I was doing the show, and we already talked about um, the new Star Trek Discovery Season 4 trailer that's out now. Uh, we also got some more news, um, and one of the big stories was that Robert Beltran has now been confirmed that he's going to play Captain Chakotay in Star Trek Prodigy, the upcoming, um, the upcoming animated series from Nickelodeon that is due to debut uh, at the end of this month. Um, so we already kind of heard about this uh, back at the 55-year mission in August. Robert Beltran was on stage and he mentioned that he was doing some voiceover work for Star Trek Prodigy, but we hadn't confirmed at the time exactly who he was going to be. Uh, but they did confirm that last week at New York Comic Con. Now, also uh, in the news from Comic-Con on Star Trek Prodigy, they announced a couple of new, uh, new cast members that we didn't already know about. And there's some pretty big names, actually. Uh, some one that you probably will recognize. So the first one is uh, David Diggs, who is uh, most recently in Snowpiercer, but of course he was also in Hamilton as well. Uh, Jamila Jamil, who most people probably know from The Good Place, but I remember her from T4 back, way back in the day. Um, 
And uh, Jason Alexander is returning to the Star Trek franchise as a Tellarite by the name of Dr. Noom. Um, and of course, he first appeared in Star Trek Voyager uh, back in season five. Uh, so uh, welcome to him back to the Star Trek franchise. So lots going on with Star Trek Prodigy, and I would expect to hear even more about that coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we are now just under two weeks away from the premiere of Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, Lower Decks just ended. You got a little bit of a break. <laughs> and Prodigy starts, of course, on October 28th, exclusively on Paramount Plus in the United States. We haven't heard, uh, oh, and Canada, I believe it's in uh, Craven, Canada. Uh, we have not heard of it outside of the United States uh, yet. Um, and I will let you know as soon as I do. Uh, after it's on Paramount Plus, it will, of course, go to Terrestrial and Nickelodeon, but that will be uh, probably closer to December, whenever it uh, finishes its Paramount Plus run. Okay, so that's it for Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, next up, <laughs> there is so much, there is so much in production right now. It's wonderful uh, from a news perspective, because there is always something to talk about. Uh, and today, uh, well, this week, it was uh, Anson Mount announcing a wrap on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, season one. Now we had finished filming, principal filming, a few months back, um, but it was just this week that Anson Mount put out a video on uh, YouTube and other social media channels talking about uh, a full wrap on the filming, and now it's going over to uh, post-production. So what did he say? He said, uh, all of our footage now gets to go over to our incredible post-production team to begin their process, and hopefully we'll be getting something out to you sometime next year. Um, we have to get past, uh, let's see, Star Trek Prodigy, Star Trek Discovery Season 4, which comes out in November, uh, Star Trek Picard Season 2, which is in February, uh, and then we've got uh, Strange New Worlds sometime next year. Uh, Anson Matt was also uh, very appreciative to the fans because uh, I'm sure you all, all already know part of the reason that Strange New Worlds even exists uh, is because of the push from fans uh, for Captain Pike series and for something that was uh, hearkening a little bit more back to the original series with its episodic nature. Uh, so Anson Mount said... I just want to remind you that this is happening because of you, the fans. You've made this happen, and we are so grateful for your support. Again, thank you for giving us this opportunity, and we hope you like it. Right, okay, so uh, I've got a couple more stories for you in just a moment, but I did want to just... Um, First of all, take a breath for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not feeling very well today, I apologize. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm sure it's allergies, um, but it's been a little bit of a struggle today, so I apologize. Uh, but that's beside the point. Nobody cares. Uh, more news. Uh, I've got a couple more news stories to tell you about in just a moment. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I just want to remind you that this show is really supported by people like you on Patreon. Um, I know I bang on about it every week, uh, but it's the your continued Patreon support that um, helps us uh, sort of innovate and keep going and pay all of our people and make sure we've got equipment and hosting and all of those things that make us bring the show to you. We've got some great writers that work really hard throughout the week to make sure that our website is full of great content for you. Um, 
We pay for a, a wonderful newsletter hosting service that makes sure that the newsletter gets to you every day. Um, and of course, the equipment that I use to broadcast every day as well. All of that is paid for by uh, Patreon supporters. So thank you very much. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to see more of it, uh, uh, please uh, please consider chipping in with a monthly pledge. That's at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Uh, it's from just from a dollar. The first tier is just a dollar a month and you can actually pay for a whole year for about ten dollars because there's there's an annual discount and it's kind of neat. Um, so yeah, check that out. Patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. I really appreciate it. Uh, and for any of our Patreon supporters who are listening or watching today, Thank you very much. Um, also, make sure you log into the Discord and say hi. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, moving on to some more news. Uh, so, uh, hands up who plays Star Trek Online. I'm going to half hand up. Uh, I don't have a PC anymore, so I don't, <laughs> don't play it as much as I used to. But it is also, of course, available on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And something very, uh, very exciting happened this week, which was that they put out a, a brand new Halloween themed event. Now they've kind of done, they do special events from time to time. So we have First Contact Day where you get to build the big statue of Zephram Cochran. Uh, the uh, annual Lolanot Festival on Ryza is a tremendous amount of fun uh, with, uh, you know, your, um, I forget what they call them, the, their hoverboards um, and uh, jetpacks and just getting to have a tropical holiday. It's wonderful. Uh, they also actually used to do a spooky-themed uh, one that would come out on Friday the 13th called Hearts and Minds. That one's very fun. But this is the first time they've done a strictly Halloween event, and it goes on for a couple of weeks. Uh, and it's a proper event event, so you can actually um, save up uh, participation tokens and get yourself a grand prize um, let me see what that was. The grand prize this uh, this time around is the Transmuter Wand Universal Kit Module and the Old One Vanity Pet. So uh, this, this episode is actually based loosely on the TOS episode Cat's Paw. Uh, the artwork for it is great. There's some witches and a magic, um, a magic ball. What do they call it? Crystal ball. <laughs> words fail me, uh, and, and a black cat, and it should be a tremendous amount of fun. I have not played it yet, so no spoilers, but here's what Star Trek Online has to say about the event. Powerful extragalactic beings known as the Old Ones have traveled to the Milky Way galaxy to study the worlds and life forms there. Through the use of a powerful device known as a transmuter, the Old Ones are able to perform amazing feats, including mind control, illusion, and teleportation. This tremendous power was detected by a group of Davidians, and the malevolent creatures moved to seize the transmuter and imprison the old ones. Should the Davidians learn the secrets of the powerful device, every living being in the galaxy will be vulnerable to attack. It's up to a squad of brave officers, uh, that would be you, <laughs> to travel to Castle Pyrrhus and thwart the latest Davidian plot. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I said before, uh, this is uh, running simultaneously on PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Star Trek Online, of course, is a free-to-play MMORPG. You can find out more about that, including uh, how to download it at StarTrekOnline.com. 
Right, and finally today, uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, we had a really great interview this week uh, with uh, author Ian Spelling. And so those of you who go to STLV, you actually might recognize Ian. He, he is often on stage interviewing big celebrities and so forth. Um, he's been in the business a, a really long time and has actually interviewed people like George Takei and Gene Roddenberry. He has co-written the new book, Star Trek, A Celebration, with uh, Eagle Moss's Ben Robinson. And, and the book is, has been put out by Hero Collector. It's available now. Um, and uh, one of our writers, David Powell, did an interview with him where they talked about um, Ian's uh, his background and his experiences um, in interviewing celebrities and particularly Star Trek celebrities, uh, and then they talk a little bit about what you know what makes this book different, why you're going to want to pick it up this year, um, and what what he thinks that people will really enjoy. I, I did want to mention that. Um, so we asked him specifically what he was most excited for fans uh, to discover in the new book, and here's what he said. He said uh, the photos and sketches are great. Personally, I love the art on page 191 where you've got three drawings of the Dolmen of Ela. I can't pronounce that on top. Dol Dolmen of Elas? E Elas? By the way, this is the hardest part of everything that I do with Star Trek. I can never remember how to pronounce people's names and it's very embarrassing, so please don't make fun of me. Anyway, the Dolmen of... Um, and he's got three photos of Franz Nguyen and the resulting costumes uh, in those pictures as well. And he also says, for fans who like Trek history and stories that they might not know, we're proud that we've got new interviews in the book with April Tatro, who played the human version of the cat Isis in Assignment Earth, Andrea Drum, who played Yeoman Smith in Where No Man Has Gone Before and then opted out of Star Trek to make the movie The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. And they've also got Carrie Foster, who is the last living person to act in The Cage with Jeffrey Hunter, and then also on Star Trek with William Shatner. Uh, uh, Ian Spelling also says that they've got Whoopi Goldberg talking about Nichelle Nichols and also Jeffrey Hunter's son, Chris, uh, sharing some of his memories about his dad. Uh, long story short, it's a beautiful book. You should uh, check it out. It's available to order now. Um, and also please go onto our website, dailystartreknews.com, where you can read the full interview with Ian Spelling. It's a, it's a really uh, fascinating conversation with a guy who has, has been interviewing celebrities and doing this sort of thing for a really long time. So uh, please go and check that out. I hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah. All right, well, that is it for this week in Daily Star Trek News. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, just a reminder that if you are listening to this on the podcast, you should come and join us on YouTube for extra chat and extra fun and also uh, things like... Uh, uh Star Trek show and tell just coming up in a second. Uh, remember that you can find all of this week's stories, including the ones that I've covered on the show uh, and a, a bunch more on dailystartreknews.com. We've also got them listed in the show notes for this episode. And of course, if you're missing your daily fix, then please sign up for the Daily Star Trek newsletter at dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact. We'll send you all the day's stories straight to your inbox. You don't have to do anything. It's very easy. Anyway, thank you again for listening. This show is produced by me, Allison Fitt, and it's written by Chris Peterson, Marina Kravchuk, Jack Brown, T-Rick Jones, and David Powell. And of course, it's supported by people like you through Patreon. That's at patreon.com forward slash Daily Star Trek News. Okay, so listen. 
Let us move into, uh, we've got two things to cover now that the news is finished, which is uh, show and tell. Uh, and also um, our poll. So for those of you listening in the chat today, uh, please check out the poll. If you haven't voted yet, please do so. Um, and uh, <laughs> Son of a Red Shirt actually points out, yes, please hit the like button. Uh, it's it's uh, If you're listening to this on, on YouTube, yes, if you can hit the like button and share it, it helps me out. So I appreciate that. Um, also, I will try and keep up with the chat. I'll try and scroll back. But if you have a burning question that you would like to ask, you can also hit the super chat button there. Um, and that will call attention uh, to it. And I can get you that question. So, right. Uh, Show and Tell this week is actually kind of a, um, a continuation of uh, that week, uh, last week. I mean, uh, last week I showed you a Star Trek uh, photo book. I forget what it's called, like a photo something um, that I had signed by... Um, um, oh my God, his name is escaping me. All I can think of is... <laughs> um, his name is escaping me. It's a really famous author. Um, see, I'm not feeling well today. It's making my head go funny. Anyway, um, that was last week. <laughs> you can go back and watch last week's show. Um, don't laugh at me today. Um, but I wanted to show you some other Star Trek comics that I really, really love. Um, so I just picked this one up uh, last week which is the finale of Star Trek Year 5. I actually was trying to get the, um, the variant cover because uh, they do some absolutely amazing variant covers for these um, Star Trek, um, the Year 5 comics. I, I just want to show you this one. So this was the variant cover that they didn't have, but, um, but this one's nice uh, as well. Um, and this is the, the finale. It's kind of a finale and epilogue to the whole Star Trek Year 5. And I will confess, I haven't, read, I haven't read the whole series, but I do have a couple. And in fact, I have a whole bunch of uh, older ones that, that led up to this um, digitally somewhere. Um, so this one's fun and it's very exciting. You can probably find it at a comic book shop now because it's the most recent one that came out. But this is the one that's a tremendous amount of fun that maybe you heard about. I think I talked about it on the show. They did a Valentine's Day special. <laughs> and this makes me so happy. Look, Valentine's Day special. Come on. There we go. Um, and it's wonderful. It's not. It's not in the the main run, so it's not like a number thirteen or anything like that. But um, you know, it's uh, Kirk and Love, <laughs> and um, and it's actually it's a really you know it's not just a cheesy you know dorky Kirk and Love. It's actually um, it's actually a really good Star Trek. Um, Plotline. So I, I don't know where you can get this if you haven't um, if you haven't got it already. Um, but it is out there, and you can probably find uh, copies of it on um, eBay or wherever. Um, I highly recommend it. It's it's one that I genuinely enjoyed. So yeah, good for that. 
Um, okay, so we're gonna have a look at our poll and I'll give you another couple minutes to, uh, to vote in this one if you haven't already, but I'm gonna flip over to Twitter and see what people are saying on Twitter too. Um, actually, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and read through the chat because you guys have been here all day and I've barely said hello. Um, I'm gonna say hellos first. So Tim, hi, Mohammed, hi, uh, Christoph, Paul, Oh, Marina's here. Hi, Marina. Son of a red shirt I mentioned before. Uh, BC. And Anne. Hi, Anne. Oh, BC, very bravely trying to teach me how to pronounce Elas. <laughs> you know. I'll, it's fine. It, uh, when I was doing this on a daily basis, actually, you would be surprised at how much of my time was spent uh, trolling through old Star Trek episodes or hunting down clips on YouTube trying to find the way that people pronounce things. Because um, when it was, you know, the name of the third guy from the right in episode three of season two of the original series, I can't remember that. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, so if anybody has um, a better resource than just old episodes of Star Trek, let me know. Um, Dark Element 209 says hello from Stockton, California. Hello. Right, okay. So... Um, uh, Tim, my birthday was actually wonderful. Thank you for uh, thank you for saying so. Um, I received a set of bongos, and um, I I got some birthday money, so I bought a Dutch oven, which is great. Um, I got a new Godzilla T-shirt, which makes me incredibly happy, and a cribbage board. Um, and I've been playing that with my kids, and I really enjoy it. That was a game that I used to play with my dad when. Um, when I was young, so it's a nice, nice little thing. So, uh, and we ate a lot, a lot. It was kind of wonderful. Anyhow, um, okay, so let's go and check out this poll on Twitter today. I'm gonna refresh it and see what we say. So, on Twitter so far, and again, this goes overnight, so it might change, and it has already, like I'm looking at it now, it has actually already changed. Uh, so, um, Leading with 58.8% of the vote on Twitter is the no vote, uh, with a yes being only 41.2%. Um, one person commented that Blue Origin hasn't actually gone to space yet, just the upper atmosphere, uh, so that's untested. Now, that is technically true. Uh, I think that uh, depending on who you ask, the Carmen line is space or is not space. Uh, I just I don't I don't actually care that much. They went it was it was dark up there and they went into zero G. So I I count it. Okay. So here on YouTube in the chat, uh, the poll today um, is actually freakishly similar to what Twitter is trending. So. The no vote is winning by, here, actually, I'm going to end the poll. The no vote is winning 53% uh, to 47%. Um, oh, no, it came in. Uh, 53 to fifty-three to 46. So I don't know how they're rounding that, but that's okay. Um, personally, I am not interested. 
if you watch if you watch it back, I mean, what it is is it goes straight up and then it falls to earth. So it's uh, less. It it is less like flying and more like being shot vertically upwards and then hoping you fall okay. Um, I think it sounds terrible. I don't even like tall buildings, so the idea of being 350,000 feet above the earth and then going, I don't, it just doesn't appeal to me. What's funny is I was thinking about this before, uh, before the show today, and I thought, because there's always a trope, right? There's always the grumpy person on Star Trek who doesn't want to take the transporter because it's unsafe and it's terrible and whatever. Uh, I am 100% for the transporter. Like, even, like, if it's, uh, you know, if there's, you know, I'm okay with, like, transporter accidents and getting lost in the buffer and the whole idea of the fact that you're actually, like, dismantling all of your atoms and then you're putting them together in a completely new configuration and that whole, are you even you on the other side of the transporter? That is all fine to me because you know what happens is that your, your atoms get taken apart really fast and you don't even know what's happening. Um, I far, far prefer that from, than crashing to earth uh, from uh, 350,000 feet in the air. Um, also, if you go and watch it, they did not, they did not land softly. They landed on ground in the middle of the desert with a pretty big thump. Um, it's not my cup of tea. So, and what's funny is clearly a small, a slim majority of, of you guys also think the same thing. Um, now, uh, Mohammed has mentioned that there are planes that offer a weightlessness experience um, and that I don't have a problem with. The vomit comet, which I don't, I don't think they call that anymore. That is a that is a that is an airplane that takes a parabolic trajectory, and I am fully okay with that because you know what it has when you get out of the the, the apogee of the, the 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 parabolic trajectory is you have a a, a plane with wings and an engine. <laughs> And this is a key difference from the Blue Origin crew capsule, which has uh, it's a little dome and it has parachutes. And if you watch, so here's something, and maybe somebody can explain this to me. If you watch the video back when they landed, they so these guys walk up to the capsule and so it's, you know, the capsule's there and then it's got the three really big uh, parachutes that kind of come off it. These guys go up to the capsule and they start grabbing on the ropes that attach the parachute to the top of the capsule and they start pulling on it, like pulling on it hard, like they're trying to yank it off. And I was trying to figure out what they're doing because do they think that they're going to pull that off? Or like, is there a trick to it? Because 10 seconds ago, that rope was holding up people <laughs> in a crew capsule as it plummeted to earth from again. 350,000 feet in the air. Um, I would like to know more about what exactly they were doing because it wasn't just the one. It never came off, but they were tugging really hard on the parachute and then they I, they gave up and then they walked around to the other one. Maybe they were trying to move it out of the way for the camera or something. I don't know. Regardless, 
when you see it on the ground, you're like, that's like, that's like, it looks like an upside down Tupperware bowl with a lid, right? And it's got six people inside or four. I can't remember if it's four or six. It's got people inside of it. And it was just looked like it was parachutes. It's not, it's not, it's not my, not my cup of tea. And Christoph, I understand, you know, yes, high-flying vomit comet with parachutes instead of wings. Yeah, there's a really big difference in my estimation between parachutes and wings. And maybe that's because I used to study aeronautical engineering. So wings, I'm cool with. Parachutes, I'm less cool with. So anyway, that's my rant about Blue Origin and going to space. I would like to go to space one day, but... Uh, you know, there's a number of different uh, methods of getting there, and until we invent a transporter, which we never will because a Heisenberg compensator is a key component and it doesn't exist because it's made up because it can't, um, that's a rant for another day. It's like the one piece of Star Trek technology that probably... I say probably because you never say never, but that's the one that's that's really, really made up. It's never going to... It's never going to happen. The Heisenberg Compensator, by the way, I may have actually ranted about this on, um, on the show before. The Heisenberg Compensator is the absolute best piece of science fiction ever, as far as I'm concerned. Whoever came up with it, it is so simple and it's so wonderful. For those of you, I, now I'm going to botch the explanation of this, but um, for those of you who don't know what a Heisenberg Compensator is... It basically compensates for the fact that you cannot know the exact, uh, uh, it is, uh, there's two things. It's like location and, um, the other thing <laughs> of, of any given, um, subatomic particle at any given time. You can't, you can't know it. And so therefore you can never, like a transporter can't, it does, it won't ever work. So what did they do? They said, I know <laughs> we're going to call it the Heisenberg compensator. And it's the thing that breaks. Thank you. Velocity, Albert Rivera, Albert Rivera. I've never called you Albert in my life. Um, Albert Rivera in the chat has said velocity, position and velocity. Thank you. Um, we're just going to invent the, invent this thing that compensates, it compensates for this thing that we can't ever possibly know in physics. Um, and <laughs> Paul Wright in the chat points out, how does it work according to Mike Okuda? Very well, thank you. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the finest pieces of science fiction that has ever been invented because it just, it sounds good. Uh, you can't figure out how it works because it doesn't. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a small thing. If anybody ever says, you know, how does a transporter work? It has a Heisenberg compensator. great. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well done to whoever came up with that. I should find out who it was and, and, and write them a letter because it was amazing. Um, anyway, uh, yes, uh, BC points out that it is technobabble. See, the thing that, that sets the high, I'm going to rant a little bit more. The thing that sets the Heisenberg compensator a, apart from other types of technobabble is that quite a lot of Star Trek is actually grounded in um, achievable physics. Um, and the Heisenberg compensator of all of those things is one of those ones that is, um, breaks the laws of physics. 
you know, the other one, everything, it feels like everything else in Star Trek is just that we haven't invented it yet or we haven't figured out how to do it yet. Um, but the uh, Heisenberg uncertainty principle is a, um, a different thing entirely. Anyway, uh, I used to be a physics nerd. I used to really like physics. It's been many, 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 many years since then, but I still, you know, I like it. Anyhow, uh, right. Okay. I have done Star Trek show and tell. I have done our poll for the day and I did the news. Apparently I did the news. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for turning up all of you who are, um, <laughs> chatting about, uh, physics now and the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Uh, thank you for joining me here on the live stream. If you're listening to the, to us on the podcast, please come and join us every Saturday at 2 PM Pacific time on YouTube. We'd love to see you in the chat and we'd love to see you, uh, say hello. Uh, so, um, Muhammad says unboxing question mark. I don't know what that means. Um, and Al Rivera, who uh, works for Star Trek Online, has just asked me if I played the Halloween event on Star Trek Online, which means that it's a really good time for me to sign off the show. I haven't yet. I think I might need to go do that. Um, I'm actually not even at Endgame on, on uh, Xbox yet. So he's going to disown me as a friend. Uh, all right. Thank you guys again. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here. Um, Muhammad. Oh, sorry. So Muhammad in the chat has asked, I thought you had something to open and show us, but maybe I misremembered. I actually do have something to open, but I'm not going to show it to you now because I am going to, um, I actually bought a new tripod, uh, with my birthday money. Uh, I am going to try and actually do a nice unboxing video for, uh, a thing. And hopefully I'll get that out this week. Maybe we'll see. Um, anyway, thank you again for joining us. Uh, me, us, there's us. Sure. <sighs> thank you. I appreciate you all being here. Uh, so yes, that's, that's it for me. Uh, I'm Allison Pitt. Um, I will see you next week, Saturday at 2 PM uh, Pacific time on YouTube. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.